I knew that if I didn't do something like integrative medicine, where I really took full person, mind, body, spirit, and their relationships into account, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stay in medicine. So I did that fellowship um, and it saved my career. I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to spotlighting actions and stories that inspire you to reimagine, redefine, and redesign your next. Today's guest, Jacqueline Paykel, MD, MBA, is a physician, U.S. Navy veteran, researcher, author, speaker, health and wellness coach, and innovator in healthcare. She is the creator and director of Thrive, which means transforming health and resilience through integration of values-based experiences, a self-discovery program that started with her groundbreaking work in the whole health movement of VA healthcare. Welcome, Jacqueline. I'm so glad you're here with me today. I'm excited about speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, can you give, I mean, that was a lot to unpack right there, but um, maybe you could just give the audience um, a little bit about uh, your career journey and um, how you came to becoming the director and, and creator of Thrive. And we'll, we'll ask questions afterwards, but I just kind of want you to give a little synopsis. Absolutely. So I was born and raised in um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but as and fell in love with my high school sweetheart. So um, eventually married him, but in the interim, um, went to Chile and spent a year there as an exchange student. And when I came back, my whole world had changed and it really opened up what I thought was possible for myself. So Stuart and I um, got married and then um, had a baby and I had not yet started my undergraduate education. So my first child was born before my undergrad. I decided to go to school um, along with my husband. We were young. I was only 20 years old when the baby was born and um, started at the University of Wisconsin uh, in Madison. And uh, lo and behold, I just fell in love with everything about the human body um, during a biology class. And so then I decided um, well, initially, I wanted to go into biomedical engineering. However, the guidance counselor told me I would never be able to make it because men marry their computers and women who have babies just will not make it. So oh, I, my gosh. Oh, yes. So I shrugged my shoulders. And I looked at my husband. I was kind of tearful about it. But then I said, I guess I'm going to do medicine then. And so then I just decided at that point that I was going to be a physician. So... Um, but I loved it. And uh, I did my undergraduate in anthropology. Absolutely loved that because loving uh, just the exploration of different cultures and the importance yeah. of that. So then I had two more babies during undergrad. And um, then when my youngest was two years old and the eldest was eight, I uh, started medical school. My first year in medical school, my husband had a cervical spine injury. So oh, as a neck. He had a neck injury that um, didn't allow him to care for the children. And even vacuuming the house was difficult or what have you. And so uh, instead of four years of medical school, I split my first year and did an independent study. And so I was in medical school for five years. Um, but I also had a health professional scholarship through the US Navy. Mm -hmm. And um, so they were assisting with my tuition and with um, my books, et cetera. And uh, so then they extended my uh, scholarship for an additional year. So I had um, five years of medical school, and then I went into four years of residency, OBGYN. 
And that's where, you know, medical school is really difficult. Mm, yeah. No children and, um, you know, life being put on the back burner. But then when uh, residency came along, that was even more challenging because then we had 36 hour shifts and call every third night. And so then we really only spent one night every out of three with our family. And it, that was very, uh, very difficult. So I got done with my residency in obstetrics and gynecology, joined um, active now in the US Navy. And very shortly after I um, arrived at Portsmouth Naval Hospital where I did my uh, residency, 9-11 um, hit. And uh, so that was only, so I arrived on uh, July 13th of 2001. And then this is a September 11th of 2001. And uh, our um, eldest was 17 at the time and stayed back in Wisconsin to complete his last year of education. But this is really, I had struggled with um, dysthymia, so low grade depression uh, for most of my life. Um, was not really ever medicated for it but was artsy fartsy. And so I would dive into, you know, writing poetry or writing um, short stories, et cetera. But now all of a sudden I hit this major depression and it was a deep dark vortex that I descended into. It was, yeah, it was uh, awful. So, um, so then integrative medicine is my recovery from yeah. that deep depression. Yeah. And that's really how I found myself uh, again. Uh, you know, just one thing I want to say about my residency training, because you're, it's so intense, but living in, an, um, in Madison, Wisconsin, many times I would not see the sky for two or three days. And I remember one autumn, I never saw the trees change because I would get in when it was dark. I would leave when it was dark. And and just my life was just consumed by that and trying to be the best mother that I could in very under very difficult circumstances. And if I lament or mourn anything or did, and I held an animosity towards medicine for quite a while because I missed my children's upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know what your husband did during that time as far as working and I'm sure he really helped hold the whole thing together too. But it's either, you know, a lot of women play the role that your husband had to play, keeping everything together while the husband was out to going to medical school, doing, doing all of that. And it's amazing the amount of energy and, and fortitude it takes. Um, add to it what you went through with the, um, the depression, sort of like you were managing it until I, our whole nation was depressed from, from that. And then, you know, that was just sort of the, the, the thing that the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, it sounds like to me, like that was, you were barely holding it all together because of everything you were carrying and doing. It was, I mean, it's amazing that you did as much as you did. It's, it's, it's astounding. Um, but the integrative, you said integrative uh, medicine is my recovery. Can you explain uh, to the audience what integrative medicine is? Like what, what was going on there that made you go, okay, uh, aha, this is really what I, I want to do, or this is, this is really important. Yeah. And so as far as um, my life at that time, I was super anxious too. And, um, and I tried to do everything I could to de-stress my life. Once I was able to get off the couch and I was on the couch for about a good month, 
Um, but once I was able to get off of the couch and um, my husband actually had significant insight and got some art lessons from me. So he purchased art lessons. And so I started going to painting class. That really helped. And then really tapping into, am I getting enough sleep? Am I eating? So, and I did as much research as I could to really find those things that I could consume that would re reduce my stress. Looked into alternative medicine, Ayurvedic therapies in, um, in India, and then um, found the fellowship of, uh, at the Arizona Center for Integrative Medicine under Andrew Weil, as far as integrative medicine is concerned. What is integrative medicine? It is traditional healthcare in, con uh, in combination with um, alternative thought processes or medical systems such as Ayurvedic medicine or traditional Chinese medicine. But this is really patient-centered and it focuses on what the values of the individual are and then moves that um, thought process as far as your health and well-being is concerned um, in the direction of your values. And I really did align with that. I knew I couldn't do traditional medicine. They had abused me and I felt in many ways they abuse women. Um, you know, uh, they take for granted that we have lots of time to spend in offices, et cetera. And so that lifestyle just did not appeal to me. So doing, I knew that if I didn't do something like integrative medicine, where I really took the whole person, mind, body, spirit, and their relationships into account, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stay in medicine. So I did that fellowship and, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, and it saved my career. Wow, that is incredible because what you're saying is you're looking at the whole person and and you're actually problem solving for them and not everyone is one size fits all. And um, and not everyone should just take this pill because your brain is not is is connected to your body, which is connected to the rest of you know, to your life, to your and and I don't know why. Um, Western medicine, well, Western medicine is good for a lot of things like a broken leg or a heart attack, or, but, but when it comes to deep, you know, chronic issues, I think we have to look at the whole picture, like you're saying, it's not just a here, take a pill. I think there's so much more involved in that. And that's where the problem solving has to come in, where you have to really look at the whole picture, which is exciting to me that, that you, I mean, I'm sorry that you went through what you went through, but it sounds to me like there was a real clear path for you where this advisor at the college just said, no, you're not, that's not going to work for you. So you chose the medical field, but then that took you to another place, which is amazing. And so let's talk about how you, you managed that change by understanding that integrative medicine was for you. What did you do next? You went through that, that training, right? Right, exactly. So I did my fellowship and that was two years in duration and that was a non-local fellowship. So we would um, go down uh, for a week, three times in that two year period of time. But then I had approximately 15 to 20 hours a week of studying in addition to um, my private practice that I was in at the time. And uh, so completed the fellowship, but really started to institute all of those uh, thought processes and philosophies. And, and I'm a research junkie. I really like to go down to the molecular level and really figure out what is going on at the cellular level, as well as at the human emotional level. Mm -hmm. And so really started to implement many of those strategies in my uh, clinic. And then um, we couldn't keep the doors on. There were so many women that wanted to come as an OBGYN and now in integrative medicine. Um, 
And I really have seen myself as an advocate for different populations at different times that were significantly underserved. In my residency, I chose postpartum depression because that was something that women were not being treated for at that Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. And then subsequent, it was um, uh, menopausal care and hormone therapy. And so I learned everything I could about that. And then it, and then it became sexual health um, mm -hmm. because this is now, you know, so menopausal care became a little bit more common and more people were contributing to that science and taking care of women. So then I migrated um, to sexual health, incontinence and pelvic pain. And that's really where integrative medicine came in full force because uh, as far as sexuality is concerned, that involves our whole person. And many of us as we age, allow that to slip away because we don't know how to manage it. And we certainly don't know how to manage the stigma in our brain that has been there since we were born. As women, you should act a certain way and you mm -hmm. should act another way. And so our sexuality, which is part of our passion, right? Part of our passion uh, persona um, is allowed to diminish and, um, and leave our lives. And that takes out some significant color and energy from our lives. And so I really wanted to help women uh, to rediscover that i.e. Aphrodite arising um, or uh, Aphrodite, um, arousing Aphrodite, that's what I usually call it, and talk to um, them specifically about that and how we can change our perspective of what sexuality actually is. And if this is something that you are not interested in in your life, that's fine too, but take that passion and move forward in some other way with that level of passion. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, so what are you doing with the V? This is amazing. Everything that you're working on. And I, and I literally love it. And your, and your path and your journey is interesting. Can you tell me about the VA and what you're doing there? Is this, is, is this where you've been able to really develop thrive? And oh, what yeah. is, you know, let's talk about thrive and really yeah. all of that. So you move along and this is where you were learning all of this in, in your private practice. When did you get into creating and being the director of thrive and how did that all happen? Yeah, so while I was in private practice, I was also working with the Medical College of Wisconsin with the SHIP clinic, so the sexual health incontinence and pelvic pain, and then um, came down to the VA in Virginia. The pressures in medicine are extraordinary. And I really, if I was going to be working that hard and pressing myself that much, I wanted to be where I felt like I was really contributing and coming back to the population that I had been acclimated to for four or five years rather in the military really felt like a really good fit. But when I got here, it's a different demographic because many of the patients that are seen in the VA are healthcare refugees. They don't have other healthcare because they have um, very poor um, health, number one, but the vast majority of them are not currently working and uh, they may have no other resource as far as healthcare is concerned. Things are changing as far as that's concerned, but when I came on board in 2014, that's certainly the way that it was. So I really, um, you know, my advocacy came forward again and um, saw these patients. So I can't, when I came down, I actually, because of my integrative medicine background, I served as 60% primary care so I would see women for everything and then 40% gynecology care in my area of specialty, but everything from integrative medicine perspective. Again, we couldn't keep the doors on because 
I was just overwhelmed in my clinic because there were so many people that wanted to transfer into and become a part of integrative medicine. And I may be good with patients, but it's really that holistic process that the women were craving and they wanted somebody to hear about their whole being. But our patients here were so disempowered. And they, I really felt very strongly that I needed to create a shared medical appointment for them. I had been doing them around these, topic of menopause in Milwaukee before I came here. But um, I put together a multidisciplinary team with a psychologist, a social worker, a dietitian, a pharmacist, uh, and myself and our nursing staff. And we put together a, a program that is uh, 14 weeks in duration, and we cover all sorts of topics that are not necessarily covered in medical care. So we started with sleep and nutrition and stress reduction. Those are very common, but then we talked about financial health and environmental health and um, creativity, sexuality, um, spirituality, work-life purpose, mindfulness. And so these are the things that we covered. And lo and behold, we started, uh, so the scientists in me really wanted to test the strategy, make sure we were doing right by the patients, but there was such a significant impact. The women just absolutely loved it. They didn't want to be away from it after. And, you know, this is based upon scientific literature, mm -hmm. three different concepts, integrative medicine, um, now in the VA called whole health, positive psychology. So looking at the positive side of life and acceptance and commitment therapy, which is a cognitively based um, therapy that um, we teach strategies towards utilizing the, uh, the, the toolkit from acceptance and commitment therapy to make positive decisions in your life and continuing to move in a positive direction by understanding what your values, your mission, your aspiration, and your purpose are on this earth and moving in that direction on a continual basis. And that's what Thrive is. It is that, extent, yep, so it's 14 weeks. And interestingly, my goal was threefold. I wanted to improve the experience and the lives of the veterans and all female. It started in the women's center. So, cause I'm a gynecologist. So it was mm -hmm. all female at the time. Um, I wanted to help the, my colleagues that were suffering so much still, even in the VA, they were suffering so much because of the time pressures and all the stress that um, is uh, on the medical teams. And uh, so what we noticed is that the facilitators of Thrive were healing, wanting to stay in their jobs, really connecting to each other and connecting more with the patients and then decreasing the cost of healthcare overall. Because I figured that if women would be able to come into their own and did not rely upon the medical system for their social, uh, for their social system, then I knew that we would be making some headway as far as reduction of cost because our 18% of our GDP actually goes towards healthcare in this country. That's way over what any other country spends. And we do, we rank in the 30s as far as our major markers um, to tell us how our health and well being is in this country. So we need a change. And that's from my education as a medical provider, so a medical physician, but then also uh, with integrative medicine, I was able to create this with a multidisciplinary team, which was fantastic. The multidisciplinary team. So just so, because I get what you're saying and I, it is so exciting and I wish that this was available 
everywhere because I agree with you. I think we would all be in a better place, a healthier place. And I think we're getting there and nothing ever happens as quickly as we'd like. But with the, everything that's happened in the past two years, I think people are rethinking a lot of things and saying, you know, what's important, realigning, maybe not going out and doing the things, that, the jobs and the things and pushing themselves and the stressful. They're trying to realign and really be clear, like what I call with their true nature. And yeah. then by then it's like, it's like they're working from the inside out instead mm -hmm. of this whole, um, you know, uh, sort of allopathic sort of way of doing, you know, medicine and things are out here, this part over here and that part over there, it's all integrated, which to me, it makes complete sense. Um, but the, the team, so when someone comes in, they're working with a doctor, but then they also have support from say a coach or somebody that's working with them. And then a, you have a team around you. Is mm -hmm. that what that means? Mm -hmm. So we, um, so Thrive is instructed at the same time by three people. And then mm -hmm. we have guest speakers that come in too. So we have a prescriber. So in the VA, that can be a physician, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, or a pharmacist, interestingly, in the VA. Mm -hmm. So we, um, and then we also have acupuncturists that serve. Now it's in uh, the men's clinics as well. And so, um, so uh, whether male or female, we keep them separate because the military sexual trauma has impacted at least 25% of all women. And so we intentionally keep them, the groups gender specific, but we have 12 to 15 women that we bring together if it's a women's thrive. And we have a, uh, like I said, a prescriber, a mental health provider, whether that's a psychologist or a social worker, and then a whole health coach. And then we'll have a dietitian come in, recreation therapist to do different things, et cetera. But we have, so we have subject matter experts that we bring in as well. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And, and I love, you know, some of the things that you wrote about like, that you gave me when you were saying, you know, what are you working on now? And, and you, and you said, I love beauty, creativity, and your mission is to help the human collective evolve to the next level. And your purpose is, is to empower yourself and others to discover and intentionally share gifts for their betterment. I mean, ultimately that's what we all want to, or should be wanting to do in life because that's where we're going to find the greatest joy our best health the best um daily you know mental physical spiritual living that's that's really the sweet spot um and i love that you love coming up with um solutions creatively and it's just so exciting um how you're doing this and you, where are you doing this now in the va in tampa uh-huh and um, so I am now the, um, the service chief, we call us the service chief of Whole Health. Um, I am, we have 85 personnel um, assigned to the Whole Health Service. We brought it up from, I was the first employee in this service and now we're four years old and uh, uh, we've expanded and contracted and expanded. And, uh, and so I'm here um, doing that and I mostly, um, am administrative at this point, uh, seeing patients only a half day a week in the Thrive Clinic, but really love uh, what I do and the people. So um, my my patients now are my uh, are the employees that serve in Whole Health, um, mm -hmm. but uh, developing all of these relationships with people at all levels of the organization because we are at the forefront of this science evolution, scientific evolution, even within the VA. And so Tampa has really assisted with leading the way. And uh, so my creativity comes in to play. Everything must be beautiful that I put out. Like I just don't, uh, you know, I have 
certain standards that I have to hold uh, myself to, but I have a super creative team that is helping push the, um, the marker forward as far as this is concerned too. So I do that. Um, so I'm the chief of the whole health service. I still direct the um, uh, National Thrive Program. We've now expanded to uh, 42 different hospitals across the country, all within the VA. And um, in addition to that, I now have taken on a new role called uh, the chief wellness officer. This is really to decrease burnout within our um, employee population yeah. and to expand um, the culture of wellness within the facility. That's fantastic. So, so on a bigger scale, I mean, obviously you can't be seeing patients if you're really wanting to get this, this out to the world. Are you able to, I'm sure you have just case studies and all these things. Are you, are you talking to others? Are you, are you building any momentum in getting, um, I guess, thought leaders to see what it is, that, that how you've had success in this? What's going on there? Sure, so there were 18 sites across the country called flagship sites that actually took this on all at the same time. Wow. Uh, part of the, the Veterans Health Administration, the Office of Patient-Centered Care is part of the overseeing uh, body of the VA. And there is a significant movement and we are seeing as you know, we are at the forefront of this in the VA, really evolving this and many other healthcare uh, teams and facilities and systems are coming to study what we are doing so that we can get this out to everybody. Because at the end of the day, when you are fulfilled and happy and experience joy yes. on a regular basis, you're going to be healthier. It reduces healthcare costs. And yes. so that's what we all need right now is to reduce those healthcare costs. And that's really fantastic in the sense that, you know, it's uh, what I'm passionate about as well is, is, is getting people to realign with that true nature, which is creativity, which is problem solving and, and creating their own path that makes sense to them. And I can see where a lot of people do suffer from, from depression and, and it can be a um, chemical, but, it, you know, physiological, but it's also how we're living and we, maybe we're not paying attention to the who we are and, and what aligns with us. So to me, it's just, it just is so exciting and it's hopeful. I'm so hopeful that this is the way of the future that my daughter and my son and their children get to be treated medically this way. And um, so for me, it's really exciting. So I'm just one person, but what could I do to influence? Maybe um, I've always said, here's an example. When, when organic produce first came out, it was in a small section of, 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 of a very boutique kind of grocery store. And it looked like the, the vegetables had fallen off the truck and it was more expensive than, than the fancy, pretty vegetables. But I bought it. And then the farmer's markets became really popular. And I started going to the farmer's markets. And yes, they're more expensive, but I kept wanting to use my dollar to promote that. And now everything is organic. I mean, you can really get your hands on organic and you have to kind of watch like, is it really organic? But still um, you can get your hands on it. And I think, you know, I've always said daily, I make choices. Am I going to use this product? Am I going to pay for that? Am I going to do this thing? What could we do? Is there anything you can think of? And please, if you don't have an idea off the top of your head, don't feel bad, but what could we do to, to get more awareness around this, to say, this is what we want. Why can't we have this? 
Is there something uh, we can do? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are three things off the top of my head. I think that there are three major things. First of all, being a conscious consumer. Know where that your purchase, whatever you're purchasing, whether it's food or it's a piece of clothing, et cetera, be a conscious consumer so that you know the origin of that item that you're purchasing. Yeah. And even if you've been purchasing the same thing and you discover that it is not, uh, it does not have an origin that aligns with your values, Except mm -hmm. that you haven't understood that before. Don't feel badly about that. But now that you're educated, when we know better, we do better, as uh, Maya Angelou um, used to say. And so let's just do better when we figure it out. Number two, I do believe in um, putting in good foods mm -hmm. into your mouth and nourishing your body. So we um, don't we forget that it's not just about stress reduction that we eat because most, many of our choices are based upon that, but that it's nourishment that we're actually fueling our body. Mm -hmm. So 98% of all of our cells, from what I hear, 98% of our cells turn over every year. So what you put in your body or what you put on your body becomes a part of you. And so keeping that in mind and then looking at the dirty dozen and the clean 15. If you can't buy everything organic, that's okay. But looking at um, the, uh, what those particular items that are recommended to buy that are more likely to have pollutants on them than others. And it's usually anything that grows above the ground, especially berries, et cetera. So understand um, the benefit of selecting some things as organic and some things as non-organic. Uh, but know that if there's only one thing that you can afford that's organic, it should be any type of milk product because that really can be laid in with antibiotics that can impair your system from functioning the way that it should, um, and then also many other chemicals. The last thing that I would say is declutter. Make sure that your home is peaceful mm -hmm. with the reduction of the stuff that's brought into it. And so this is always about right-sizing, and I think that that's where, where society is right now. After COVID and everything that we've been through together as a society, we really want to know that we are decreasing the chaos in our own lives and living on the edge like many of us have been doing, using every single moment that we can do something else and then all of a sudden catastrophe strikes and we don't know how to strike a new balance. If we are in our own skin, mindful and reduce the chaos in our own lives, really decluttering is so important. It declutters our mind and Thich Nhat Hanh used to say, if you want happiness, create space. The more space you have, the happier you will be. And yeah. so I adhere to that. I, I really believe that. I do too. And I think it, it, it really does make a difference on your mental health, your whole yeah. outlook. Um, it's super important. Um, your surroundings, maybe you, you don't have to have the very, very best, but, but it, if, it, if you would like it and you enjoy your space and you have space, it's, it's important too. And so as far as medically, with our, um, our, our healthcare, how can we, I guess we just keep looking for those opportunities in our healthcare systems, whatever we have available to us and, and make those choices to use them. Even if it's a little bit more expensive or if it's a little bit difficult, you have to drive a little further. Is that something that, that we can do so that people start putting together, you know, the, the numbers people start putting together, wow, this is saving health. We're, we're, we're not having to have as much in insurance. We're not, we, you know, like you were saying, we're bringing down the costs of healthcare and it's, it's, 
it's going to be um, better and help more helpful for people and all, all around. So what I wanted to know is if we can make a choice too with our dollars in that way. If, oh. if I'm hoping that this, this type of integrative health reaches, it becomes the norm. That's what I'm saying. So talk with your feet, right? And, right. and where you're spending your healthcare dollars. And I, I am 100% in alignment with that. I'll tell you 10 years ago, I would have to travel to, to actually see somebody who was in my same line of work. I would have to travel 200, 300, 400 miles. Yeah. And now that is not the case because what happens is that the consumer is speaking and what they want is what they are, um, that is how the industry will answer them. So they're voicing their opinion, they're verbally voicing their opinion, but they're also voicing their opinion with their dollars and it makes a huge difference. So now we see the uh, major medical uh, systems that are converting their philosophies and really trying to understand that it's the value that you get and not the procedures that you sit for. And I'm a gynecologist, remember I'm a surgeon. Yeah. And, and so uh, I know that philosophy, but um, what we really want is for uh, women and men, but women who make the majority of the healthcare decisions in their household to talk with their consumer dollars and uh, tell, tell the world what you want by the choices yeah. that you make. That's fantastic. And I'm going to just say that I really appreciate your being here. You are really inspiring. And I know you've, you've worked hard and I, can, I hope that you keep the good fight up because this is so important for, for so many people to get them to see the value in this and that, that our children and their children might have a better um, healthcare system, which is something we all need. So thank you so much for being here today, Jacqueline. I really appreciate it. It's my honor and my privilege, and please let me know if I can further assist. Ready to make a change but not sure where to start? Head over to nextcareerlife.com. Explore your options, get clarity now, and download the free 10 questions. Become a member and connect with the community. Be part of the events. Remember, the magic is in the groups. All at nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? You can find the notes at www.elizabethribbons.com. That's ribbons with one B. Or on your preferred podcast platform. Please be sure to follow, rate, and review. Reviews and word of mouth are still the number one way to learn about new podcasts, so I appreciate your support. Until next time.